everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. Well, the first time it happened to me, I was 17. We lived in Columbia, South Carolina, and I was very involved in basketball. I was pretty good at it. A lot of schools contacted me about playing for them, like Notre Dame and University of Florida, NC State, just to name a few, Villanova. And everything was going just perfect until right before my senior year, my parents informed us that we were moving a thousand miles away to Houston, Texas. Now, basketball was one thing. I was into that. My goal was to get a full ride and all of that, but, but Lisa was even on another planet because we'd been dating, now you, you call it talking, for several years, and I had to move to Houston, I mean out to Texas, right before this, this defining moment in my life. It, it, was, it was not a pretty picture. We moved to Houston, and my parents were kind enough to set us up in school, and it was a large public school and we met the teachers and it was, it was very important you know, for us to talk to the coaches. And I met this basketball coach who befriended me. He was very excited that, that I was transferring to his school. I was picked one of the top 10 recruits in the state of Texas and he was all fired up. And the, the district that I played in in Texas compared to the district I played in in South Carolina was like comparing the NBA to church league. I mean, the, the, the league in Texas was pathetic compared to where I played in South Carolina. So by far, I was the best guy on the team. So the season started in Texas and I, I did really well. I was averaging over 20 points per game and, and, and suddenly, I'm talking about out of nowhere for no rhyme nor reason. In fact, I was talking to my brother about this situation last night and he said, Ed, I can't even talk about it because it makes me so angry. But out of nowhere, in the middle of this big game, the coach benched me, didn't play me, totally betrayed me. I was by far the best person on the team, talking to all these major colleges around the country, and I was just there, stuck on the bench. And my whole world was spinning out of control. My thing was basketball. That's that's what I did. That's what I worked on. And I looked and to my shock and dismay, this guy totally and completely betrayed me. I trusted him and he turned on me. It was horrendous. I was in the pit of betrayal, bitterness and, and anger welled up in my life. And, and, and I began to lash out at God. I'm going to say, God, why me? You know, I'm a preacher's kid. <laughs> Grew up in church. God, I'm pure. I, I'm holy. I'm, I'm living the life. I'm going to Bible study. And why me? Have you ever said that to God? Have you ever felt that way before? I mean, I was only 17 at, at a defining moment in my life. And then all of my scholarship hopes I thought were just ripped from me. That was the first time I ever experienced betrayal. Betrayal, you know, we don't call it betrayal anymore. Now and then we will, but today we call it, yeah, I was jammed, 
hosed, stabbed in the back, messed around, yet we don't call it what it is, betrayal, because when we say betrayal, it's too personal. It gets in our stuff. It, 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 it comes into our kitchen and it gets between, uh, maybe if you're a woman, you and your makeup, and if you're a guy, it gets up in your grill, and, and we don't like it too much, but betrayal is everywhere. Have you thought about it? It's everywhere. It's everywhere we turn. And betrayal is, is a big business these days. All of the kiss and tell books, all of the tabloid television, all of the innuendos, the leaks, the lies, the half-truths, the exaggerations, the people who get close to others and then turn and then they write all these books and have all these interviews. We love betrayal. Give me some dirty laundry. We love it. I like it and you like it. Now, we don't like to be on the receiving end of it, but we like to read about it, you know? So everybody in this room who's hearing my voice right now, everyone in Miami in that room is hearing my voice right now, everybody in Plano, everybody in downtown, everybody in Fort Worth who's hearing my voice right now, you have either betrayed someone or you're going to get betrayed, or on top of that, you've been betrayed, and to even make matters worse, some of you are in the process of being betrayed and you don't even know it. That, that's, that's even worse. Betrayal, it's deep, it, it hurts, it's like you're thrown in a pit. And the pit is horrendous. In the pit, we fire these questions to God, God, why me? There's a young man in the Bible named Joseph, and we're gonna talk about Joseph over the next several weeks here in this series on betrayal. And I, I challenge you, not to miss a single installment in this series. Because we're gonna see the good side of betrayal. Now that sounds like a crazy statement, but I'm telling you there is an upside, a beautiful side to betrayal. Now before we look at the beautiful side, we've gotta understand some things about betrayal. And as I think about scripture, as I, as I think about the Bible, because Bible, the Bible is a book on betrayal. I mean, it, it, it's throughout the pages of scripture. The whole betrayal thing started in the garden and it culminated at the cross. And when I throw the word betrayal out, most of you think about one guy, don't you? Judas. Do you think about, when I say betrayal, it's like, oh yeah, Judas, man, he, he betrayed Jesus. Well, there's a, there's a little bit of Judas in all of us, if we were completely bold and honest. Yet, Joseph is a man that really processed and dealt with betrayal. He understood what it was like to live in the pit of betrayal. Let's talk about him. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Genesis. Genesis, specifically, chapter 37. Now, you might think you come from a dysfunctional family. Hey, you don't. I mean, Joseph's family would make your family seem like the Brady Bunch. This guy's family was totally and completely wheels off. I mean, there's no way we can compare our families to his families. Because I know a lot of us are thinking about family issues right now because we're fresh off of the holidays and like, oh, my family's crazier than yours. No, let me tell you what my mom did. Well, my dad, I have this crazy uncle, Uncle Ricky. Uh, listen, that doesn't come close to Joseph's family. You're talking about wackadoodle-doo, man. They were all up in it. Jacob's the father. Joseph is one of his many, many sons. God had like 12 sons. Well, well, Jacob, this father, makes a stupid 
fathering move. Have you ever made a stupid fathering move? Fathers, I have. You know, stupid, what was I thinking decision? Well, let me tell you what he did. He showed favoritism to Joseph. I mean, he said like, okay, that's my boy, that's my man. I love him more than any of you other guys. And of course, when, when a father does something uh, stupid like that, everybody doesn't like it. So, so that's kind of the context of this, of this story. Now, I want you to notice something about betrayal that you've got to, to lift off the pages of Scripture. Betrayal starts, it strikes, it hits at defining moments during our lives. That's a huge one. Betrayal hits at the crucial moments, right when the company is beginning to grow, right when you're getting ready to move into the new building as a pastor, right when you think the marriage is like, okay, the marriage is together, right when you think, okay, we might get engaged, that's when betrayal strikes. It's uncanny how it happens. Well, let's check it out in Genesis chapter 37, verse 3. Now Jacob, that's the wheels off dad, and he had some good points too, but he was kind of out there. The word Jacob, by the way, in the Hebrew means the cheater, the supplanter. Now Jacob, the cheater, the supplanter, loved Joseph more than any of other sons. And because he had been born to him in his old age, he had made a richly ornamented robe for him. Okay, now I hope you, I hope you received that verse. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, and he made him a richly ornamented robe for him. This word ornamented in the Hebrew is pronounced Gucci. So he makes this robe for him, had it tailor-made to even still rub it in his other son's faces. Joseph is the man of the hour, the tower of leadership power. He's my boy. Well, you know what Joseph did? Joseph really messed up here. Joseph began to brag to his brothers like, I'm the man. And one day, you guys are going to bow down before me. He began to share his dreams and his visions and all of his abilities and gifts. That was not very smart. When, when God gives you a vision and a dream, when you, when you know the, the avenue that you're going down, there's a certain time to tell people the dream and there's a certain time to shut up. And Joseph didn't shut up. He just was telling everybody. He was going radio free, you know. I'm the man. Watch me. I'm going to be the leader one day. You're going to bow down to me. But notice something. Betrayal hits at crucial times, right before the scholarship offer. Okay, here's something else about betrayal. Skip down to verse 4. Betrayal comes. That's right. It comes from people who were closest to us. His brothers. I mean, the people he trusted turned on him. See, they're, they're basically... Three types of people in your life and mine. The with you's, the for you's, and the use you's. Betrayal happens when the with you's, use you's, and turn on you's, and betrays you's, and kick you's in the pit. That <laughs> is betrayal. When the with you's, use you. I was talking to a leader about a week ago, he was over at my house for dinner and, and I was asking him some questions about leadership and, 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 and the subject of betrayal came up because he began to share 
about some of the stories of betrayal in his life. And here's what I've discovered about betrayal. This is kind of a sidebar. The bigger the vision, the bigger the dreamer, the bigger the betrayal. And he looked at me and he said, you know what I've discovered, Ed, as I've lived my life? He said, there's always a Judas at your table. And he said, he's close enough to kiss you. And he said, great leaders can discern whether it's a Judas or someone who's a stand-up guy or girl. I thought that was powerful. It comes from those closest to us. Look at verse four. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them. His brothers are the ones, we're going to find out, that betrayed him, that pushed him in the pit. Now keep going in verse four. They hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. But they hated the guy. Let's go in 18 and 19. But they saw him at, at the distance, in the distance. And, and before he reached them, I mean, they, they, they couldn't miss him in that Gucci robe, could they? they <laughs> before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. That's interesting. So here's his brothers. They hated him. They were talking trash about him. Now they said, let's just kill him. Look at verse 19. Here comes that dreamer. They said to each other. We see someone who's been blessed of God. They've got the robe on. We see someone who has the favor of God just, just flowing all over their lives. And what do we do? We begin so often to get envious and jealous and we plot against them. We see them coming. Because here's what I've discovered about God's economy. God's favor ain't fair. Some people are blessed more than others, and, and we can't explain it. We, we can't come up with some system and some process that explains that. That's just the way it is in God's economy. Certain people are blessed more than others. We're all blessed, but there's different degrees of blessings. So what I have to struggle with in my life is sometimes I'll see the Joseph coming up to me, and I'll go, whoa, why does he have those blessings on him? Why does he or she get a chance to do that? Why do they live there or drive that or travel there? Or why do they have that spouse or that physique or that figure? And, and we can become exactly like Joseph's brother because here's something else about betrayal. You better, you better get this one. Envy and jealousy fuel betrayal. Come on, Lord. Envy and jealousy fuel betrayal. You remember King Saul? After David took out Goliath, a battle that Saul should have fought himself, they were returning to town, and this big cheer started. Saul has killed his thousands, David, his tens of thousands. Saul has killed his thousands, David, his tens of thousands. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel 18, check it out, that Saul looked at David with a jealous eye. It's all about the eyes. I've written an entire book on it about 10 years ago about the eye of envy, the eye of jealousy. And when someone has those crazy eyes, you know what I'm saying to you? It's just a matter of time before they take someone and push them into the pit of betrayal. And then once they betrayed them, you know what they do? They cover their tail, I mean their trail of betrayal, and they lie some more. So the process is crazy eyes, envy, jealousy, push the person in the pit and betray them. Then they cover up their trail and their tail with all these lies. It's, it's, it's a sinister deal, man. And maybe you're, maybe you're like, Ed, I'm feeling you. 
I mean, I was in a marriage. I thought the marriage was going great. And, 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 and my husband had slept with this person or that person. I was in this business deal and I thought everything was, was perfect. I completely was committed to this person and this person stole some money from me and, and, and sold me down the river and started a company down the street and took half of my client base or I shared this secret with someone that's at school, you know, something in confidence and now, man, they're blogging about it. It hurts. There's nothing like betrayal. Let's keep going, Genesis 37, 23 and 24. It says, so when Joseph came to his brothers, he was going to, you know, see what they were doing, you know, with, with all of their, with all of their uh, agricultural pursuits and, and, and taking care of the sheep and all that. His father told him to check up on his brothers. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the richly ornamented robe he was wearing. And look at verse 24. They took him and threw him into the cistern, the pit. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. Yeah, the cistern was empty, there was no water in it, but it was full, it was pitiful. It was full of bitterness and rage and loneliness and mistrust and anger. That's what the pit is full of. So they, so they disrespected Joseph by disrobing him. But here's what the brothers didn't realize. You see, Joseph was a great man of God. And, and, and when you disrobed him, Picture Chuck Liddell. You know, you know Chuck Liddell? Some, some of the guys would know him. A few women. Ultimate fighting. Chuck Liddell? I'm the only one? Okay, four. Yes. Yes. Well, he takes the robe off, man. This guy is ready to fight. Well, you disrobe Joseph, God's man. He's ready for a faith fight. He's ready to fight the devil, his brothers didn't realize it. That's when Joseph was standing up. Now, some of you are going, Ed, Ed, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where did the brothers get this nutty, lame brain idea to do this to Joseph? I mean, to do this to, to their brother, their kid brother. Where did they get this concept? Well, I'm glad you asked because so often we can trace betrayal back to the family of origin. Back, 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 back to the family of origin. Jacob, remember that? I said, the cheater, the supplanter. Read about his life, his biography, his resume. Jacob betrayed his brother Esau. His father was old. Isaac couldn't even see. And Esau wanted a bowl of gumbo that Jacob was, was making. And, 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 and Esau, see, had the, had the birthright, the blessing. And Jacob uh, lied to, to Esau and, and lied to his father. And for a bowl of gumbo, he got the blessing. He got the birthright. So he betrayed his own brother. And here's something else that's kind of a sidebar that's interesting. You know what Jacob did? His father couldn't see very well. And, and, and Esau was real hairy, had all the hair all over him. But Jacob was kind of like a bodybuilder. He didn't have any hair on him. So, thank you. So he, uh, he got this goat and cut some, some fur off of the goat and kind of glued it. Read about it in the Bible. On his, on his arms, and, and Isaac was blind. He felt, felt his arms, and he felt that goat hair. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's Esau, and that's how he did it. Isn't that interesting? But here's what's really interesting about it. Okay, so Jacob used a goat, stay with me now, to betray his brother Esau with his father Isaac. And then his brothers, 
Joseph's brothers used a goat, they slaughtered a goat, dripped the blood of the goat on the Gucci robe, and they made that lie up to their father Jacob and said, oh, Joseph's dead. Did you understand that? I thought it was pretty interesting. Goat. I just threw that in. I just, I just, I did. Kind of an interesting biblical fact. Where was I? Kind of gets confusing. See, why even watch reality television when you have the Bible? I mean, this is, this is crazy, man. It's unbelievable. But anyway, well, here's what I'm saying. You show me a betrayer, I'll show you someone who has parents who betray. Betrayers have betrayers. It, it's a learned thing. We, we just learn it. And you show me parents who are all eaten up with envy, the crazy eyes of jealousy, and I'll show you somebody who has pushed people in the pit. Ah! I'll show you somebody who's a liar. It's interesting. So, so we have the opportunity. Here's, here's a good thing, man. We have the opportunity to break the cycle of betrayal. We can break it. Maybe you're on the receiving end of it. Maybe you're on the giving end of it. We can break the cycle when we understand some of these deep truths of Scripture. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the richly ornamented robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the pit. Now the cistern was empty and there was no water in it. Now, now I want you to get a picture of that. You saw me earlier in that pit, that pit 17 feet deep. We dug it on our property. It's scary to go down in the pit. And a lot of you right now are in the pit. And you've, and you've lived in the pit for a while. You're having a pity party, a black tie, invitational pity party. And, and it's all about, man, the pitiful circumstance that you're in. And I understand there is nothing like betrayal. I understand you've got to have a grieving process. I understand because Lisa and I have talked to people going through divorces and we, we've talked to people who have been totally shafted and shamed and, and, and disrespected. We've talked, but you know what? There comes a time where you have got to stand and when they disrespect you and disrobe you, there comes a time you've got to go Chuck Liddell and fight the devil and not just break down, but break through. Now Joseph obviously needed a breakdown in his life. He thought he was the man, he was bragging about it, and what happened? God allowed him to be tossed into the pit to break him down. God didn't cause it, God allowed it. I needed that in my life when I was 17. Basketball was my God, that was my thing. And I needed a breakdown, and believe me, I had a breakdown in the pit. I got a severe case of mono, I had to quit basketball. A lot of the colleges who were talking to me just ran away. It was horrific. I was searching for identity, for purpose, for meaning. I understand what it's like to be in the pit, and many of you do as well. If you don't, it's gonna happen to you, so you better get ready for the pit, for that pit stop. But see, here's the good thing. It, it's a stop. You don't live in the pit. I mean, the pit is no no, nowhere to live. You build all these walls around you. You say, you know what? I'll never trust again. You build all these walls around you. I'll never get my heart again. You build all these walls around you and isolate yourself and insulate yourself. Then you try to drag others in the pit with you and you just share pitiful pity party stories for the rest of your life. That's no way to live. We got to break out and break through. And that's the good news of it because living in the pit can either lead to a total breakdown or a breakout. 
I've talked to people in the pit and they're afraid to love and some, you won't believe this, are afraid even to be loved. If I love and the love is returned, it's just a matter of time before they envy me, they get jealous of me and push me in the pit and betray me and lie about me so I'll never love and I don't want to be loved again. I'll just surround myself with pets. Now, I love animals, but I really believe one of the reasons we love animals so much is they don't betray us. Although I sometimes wonder about my Dobermans as I look at them deep into the eyes, you know, they have those black eyes. But they haven't betrayed us yet. You know what I'm saying, though. It's very interesting. I was in a pit, and I kept saying, why me, Lord? Why me? Why me? Why me? And here's what happened to me. I discovered something. I discovered that God was preparing me for what he has prepared for me. And that's a huge thing to, to, to grasp, a huge thing to wrap your life around. God is preparing you right now for what he has prepared for you. But yet I'm in a pit. I mean, it's dark, it's cold, it's lonely, I'm in a pit. I'll say it again. God is preparing you for what he has prepared for you. He didn't cause the pit, yet he has allowed it in your life, maybe even to break you down. What are you doing just looking down and around? It's time to look up and to break through and to break out of the pit because there is a purpose in the pit. I was able to receive a full scholarship at Florida State University. And when I received that scholarship, it was totally and completely the mercy of God because I didn't play most of my senior year. Yet my college coach at Florida State had seen me play at South Carolina. He thought, you know what? I'll give you a shot. And my family loved it, a free ride. I mean, nothing cost anything in college. It cost Florida State something, but not me something. And I went to Florida State, and, and I really began to have balance. And I really began to, to, to see my life in a deeper way because of the pit. For one year, though, I asked this question, God, remember, why me? Why me? Why me? All the hours of practice and all the sacrifice and this guy totally abuses me and totally betrays me. My family doesn't even like to talk about it, even to this day. But here's what happened to me at Florida State University. I began to get involved in this church and because of that breakdown, God began to rebuild me and I moved from why me to what now? I looked up. I didn't look down and around anymore. I looked up and I said, God, what now? And because of that transition in my life, because I changed from one question to another question, God began to birth the idea and the vision for Fellowship Church even in my life as a 19 and 20 and 21 year old. And I'm here to tell you, had I not gone through that horrific betrayal when I was 17, I don't believe I would be where I am today. So I can look back and yeah, I still probably have some anger about that toward, toward, toward that guy. I'm just being, you know, boldly honest here and I need to pray about that and work on that. But you know what? Right now, I can thank God for the pit. I can thank God for the breakdown because God enabled me to break out and to break through. God is preparing you. 
for what he has prepared for you. I don't care how deep the pit is. I don't care how horrible you think it might be. God is always deeper. He is always loving. He is always purposeful. And he wants to take you out if you'll just look up. Here's what the psalmist said. Man, this is a verse to, 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 to grab hold to this week. Psalm 40, verse 2, it says, He lifted me out of the slimy pit. That's what God wants to do. Out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless. God bless.